You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is some of my best friends are Kabbalists. I'm Aprom Kipolevich, and this is our pre-Purim edition of this program. And as much as Purim seems to be uh, pretty much a straightforward story, and the idea joined by my colleague, Rabbi Alicia Paul, out of uh, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, who took an interest, of course, in our program and is here today to also sort of explain and ask you, the, the person who is most uh, uh, involved in Kabbalah, I guess, the, among the three of us, especially the, the idea that comes up at the end of the Megillah, which is the whole holiday is called Purim based on this poor, based on this happenstance, this goiro that occurs, that, that Haman makes, indicating that it isn't just some sort of silly thing that we dismiss. We actually believe in the idea of using some sort of method to divine God's will. And specifically, I think, Rabbi Paul, you wanted to ask about the goyrum that were used even up until the present day of taking a of taking a, a, a Tanakh and opening it up in a certain sort of method, and then it's giving you direction about what you should do with your life, the Goyrul, the Goyrul Hagro, and other types of Goyrulim. So why don't you, why don't you, I'm going to let you articulate the question and let Rabbi Gluck run with well, it. So go ahead. Well, it's many layered, but basically, um, even if there was some type of magical or mystical use of a goral back at the time of the Purim story, it seems at least after the times of the Arizal, practical use of mystical methods for, uh, you know, one's uh, needs like seemingly things that are even mundane would not be used nowadays. And yet from the time of the Vilna Gone in the 1700s attributed to him is a method that we know we identified dead bodies after the independence war by Ravari Levine and, and Rev Herzog Poskin like that. And uh, as Rabbi Kivlevich mentioned at some point about Ravaron Kotler and Ramosha Feinstein and many people nowadays. And, and, it, and, and at what point do, is that valid nowadays? And at what point does it end? People in Chabad will open the Rebbe's letters and get guidance on this and that. I mean, at, at what point do you say the, holiness of a text has limits to give guidance to a person and when does it actually have kind of a divine flavor to it and how how do we know the the boundaries of it okay that gave you enough time to think Rav Nelson. okay go ahead mm-hmm. okay so um i have i have heard that goyrolis and such things should not be used if you have no idea what to do and you just want to, you know, forget about your personal responsibility for directing your own life and, and uh, you know, chuck it all up to a mystical presence and, and, and let that decision get made, right? There's a goral is not a replacement for making the best decision that you know how to make. Um, and, and if a, you know, and if a, if a decision is the wrong decision, obviously the wrong decision, it's not good. I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't understand it. It's not acceptable, okay? Then you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't listen to a girl in those in those circumstances. Um, you do utilize gorillas, and I, frankly, I don't. By the way, cause I've I've never seen gorilla grow in practice. I have no idea how to do it. I just have you know from hearsay. 
Okay, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the idea, and you know the the idea is, is that if you have all sorts of situations where you've really done your research, you have a suffolk shapul, you know, you have you have two dif- different ways of going, you know, and and you have to make a choice. So you can utilize something like this to provide the intuition that you need to feel comfortable about which way you're going to go. Okay. It's not, you know, it's not, should I jump off the roof or, or not? You know, let's, let me do a guy All right. Cause the, cause, cause these things can go, these things are, have a lot to do with who the, who the asker is, you know? And, and uh, so the, if the asker is, if the person asking the question isn't straight, straight, straightened out in his head, okay. Then, then neither is the guy going to reply to him properly. Okay, it's like it's like this Gemara, you know, you know, kahagen, right? So, one of, I mean, one of them was uh, according to that Gemara was Eliezer Eved Avram. I don't, I don't recall, you know, don't have a lot of uh, memory for Bikias type stuff, but but that's the idea, you know. The, it's it's something of a miracle if you, if you're not squared away inside and you start using you know mystical ways of getting things, then it, the mystical stuff is going to trick you up just as well as your inner self has tripped you up. So let um, me ask, let, let me interrupt there for a second. So if a person has done like his research and obviously takes his life seriously and yet sort of doesn't know which way to go, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, well, now all of a sudden he says, okay, I, I can't figure it out. Let me just open up the Chumash and however you get to the page that the Gairo HaGro will give you direction. Um, isn't it sort of like, you know, you're throwing in the towel, right? I mean, clearly doesn't, isn't what God wants from us is to go that extra mile? Yeah. To suffix Ashoka. I mean, this is what Postkim and everybody does. I mean, Rabbi Charles Salantin is famous for saying everybody's got to be a Postkim in their own life. You know, he didn't like this idea of having a Rolodex yeah. that we have today of calling up a Postkim. Yeah, do the research. It's a tough thing. And, and, and then go with something. I mean, it sounds to me like it's almost, you, you seem to feel that this uh, uh, relying on the Gairo is is basically a, a failure. Right, because in fact, it's a tragic failure. Because he's—it's not like he's—he's he's a child. He's actually done a lot of the intellectual groundwork, and all of a sudden, I don't know what to do. <clears throat> Let me just put my finger down on this page and let's see what it says. Doesn't it seem to or, be? Or, or maybe you know, or maybe intuition is not just in your head. Maybe intuition is to some extent in your head and also out there, wherever out there is. And that's another—that's another issue, you know. But. And if you if you have to work not just with the intuition that you have in your in your mind, but the intuition that's out there, because let's say the intuition is in your iris makifin, okay. So how are you going to so how are you going to unload? I mean, unlock your your makifin, right? So the gyrul can help you in in that sense, in, in the sense that it unlocks uh, sources for you that are fundamentally you, I mean, you know, because nothing ever, nothing is ever going to guide you if it's not you. you know? You know, first rule of moichin, right? Okay. You never have any moichin that don't belong to you. They can come down from Shemayim, but they're always your moichin. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole shtickle Torah about, about how Ima sends down moichin. Okay. And I, forgive me for di- digressing, but Ima is going to send down moichin in, in some sort of manifestation of her own netzachod yesod. Okay. And, and the way the, the way the Ari conceptualized this is that, is that, Ima has to empty out her own netzachoid yisoid so she can fill it with lights that belong to Zeranpin, and then the mayach goes down. 
So there's no such thing as, as their Anpin getting a Moyach, no matter where it comes from, that doesn't belong to him. It's just a matter of how do you find your own, you know, how do you find your own awareness? How do you find your own consciousness if you don't have it yet? So you have to receive it. And it's not in your, you know, it's not in your control in order to receive it. So this a is one of those things that you can use in order to unlock some, um, you know, some some potential sources of your own meichin. Um, so, you so know, and that's well, and, so and that's and that's why, by the way, if the if the girl should malfunction and give you ridiculous answers, okay, like I said, nobody jumps off of a roof because they because they did girl la gra, you know. If you you know if somebody wants to know whether he can fly or not and he asks Guerrero Legrud jump off the roof, eh, okay, it doesn't doesn't so, happen. That so, so let's contrast that to what we normally know from Safer Yona about drawing lots, right? Over there, you know, when they were determining who was the person who should they who they should throw off the ship in order to save the to, to save everyone. Um, so the idea of of, of, of doing a Guerrero, which is what they were trying to do, was generally understood as it's going to be blind uh, determination. We don't know, but clear, we're going to set up this artifice of who draws the short straw, so to speak. And the short straw, okay, we, we came up with something that was fair. We came up with something that no, we didn't make a determination because we didn't like the, the color of your beard or the type of kippa that you had. We did it based on some sort of new factor, the artificial factor that we created. What you're saying is when we talk about girl from a Torah perspective or a positive Goro, it isn't that at all. It isn't just throwing your hands up and saying, we're going to let blind, um, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, not, uh, basically, it's, uh, it's just a crapshoot, so to speak. Sorry for using that term, but that's what it is. It's not a crapshoot. It's not like we're just going to say uh, it's chance. It actually is built on you needed some extra push, and that extra push is going to come from a certain type of place. Could you also say, Rabbi Gluck, that it's got to be a place that your neshama has a connection to? For example, if I would open up the Manhattan, yes. it can't be the Manhattan phone book. It can't be, you know, the lyrics of uh, Jethro Tull. It's got to be something. That's for you, by the way. It can't just be. But <laughs> for me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have, a, we have a fellow Tull fan here, huh? No, that's for you, Nelson. That's for well, you, Nelson. Oh, oh, for... It's a different thing. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, so if, it's not, whatever it's going to be, it's got to have some, this book has got to have a connection to you. This safer is somehow connected to your neshama. Yeah, somewhere. obviously. So could that explain also Rabbi Paul's, um, uh, uh, what he referenced in terms of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's letters? Hello? Yes, where Rabbi Paul was talking about the Lubavitcher Rebbe's letters. Yeah, that would be fascinating, please. Well, I'm just saying, could we say the same thing? Rabbi Paul, what do you think? In other words, it, it, in other words, it could work for you, but it can't if you're a Lubavitcher Chassid, because the idea is, I guess, that what the Lubavitcher Rebbe wrote to one you know, dreary fellow who was writing to him from Paducah, about his own problems is really an answer because he has an Ishoma Clolius, the Rebbe. It's an answer to all Clolius role. Is that right? Isn't that the idea? That considering that the Rebbe is sort of in the Rebbe's letters to one individual is really an, an aspect of a, a, an incredible Nishama like the Rebbe answering for everybody. Because that one person who's asking the question in a way is representative of 
of of, of all of us. I and, think at a certain point the Torah that a that a that a sage, a scholar, a legitimate Torah scholar writes into the corpus of Torah becomes infused with the holiness of all of the Torah. And so whether it's the Chumash or any type of holy, uh, you know, text, maybe there's some type of infusion of ore that's there that we can see some. I mean, Rabbi, you had mentioned before, did what did, did the earlier mystics talk about this? You said, Rabbi Velafia, who, where's the source of this? Yeah, well, this, this goes, this goes straight back to Rabbi Avraham Velafia. You can, you know, I mean, it, it literally permeates everything that he wrote. Okay. And, and, um, but you can start with, you know, with, uh, with Chaye uh, Olam Haba, which is, you know, his, his famous, his famous thing has a lot with, it's basically a manual on how to use Shmot Kodesh um, to, to get information. And I'm going to try, I have to summarize the, you know, obviously the concept very, very succinctly, which is very hard, but you have to imagine that at the heart of the universe, is a gigantic engine of combinations. Now, that's, that's basically true. You know, the the reality that we experience is permutations. It's all permutational. You know, you have you have objects with qualities, and 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 then you have objects with you know combined qualities, and objects combined and qualities combined. And and um, you know, chemistry of course is you know goes back to atoms, which are combinations of protons and neutrons and electrons, and and. Every kind of every kind of atom has millions of combinations with other kind of atoms, with which come to molecules. And of course, people back then in the days of Rabbi Avram didn't understand atoms and molecules. You know, they had they had problems with that. But but Chazal were really on the ball when they said that you know Baruch Shamar means that there's an alphabet, there's a hidden alphabet that through combining and permutating generates generates reality. And this generation of reality happens on a lot of on a lot of levels. One of them is the level of Torah. Okay, and Torah, the, the fundamental thing that Torah is, and this comes through in a lot of ways, including including, like let's say Ramban's Hakdama to the to the Chumash, the Torah is fundamentally a collection of letters, and the letters can come together in a million and one different ways. They'll provide you different kinds of meanings depending on how they, on, on how they combine. So when you're in the worlds beyond Olam Silut, okay, so the letters are infinite. Infinite letters, infinite combinations, they make no sense to anybody. They can't make any sense, which is, which is why when the first revelation comes in, the, the, the text or the letters break down and become the famous you know, broken vessels, okay? In in Olam Silut, you have also letters combining, but the the Torah of Olam Silut is called, all composed of of names of Hashem, in one version or another. It's only when you move down from Olam Silut to Olam Briah that the Torah receives a certain standard combination based upon Nevuat Moshe Rabbeinu, and then you have Bereshit Bara Elokim Et Hashemayim Et Aretz, or Anochi Hashem Elokecha Asher Hotziticha Meiret. So that's already a descent of the original Torah to, to the worlds of, of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya. So Torah is on the one hand a text, and it's a thing that we follow, and it's a thing that is kovel, halacha. It's, it's also the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, in the sense of being the life that animates gazillions of permutations that are still, that are still ongoing. Now, the permutations happen in different ways. You have 
litter permutations, those are still quite real for many Makubolim. You know, all of the classical kavanas have to do with letter permutations, shamus and letters and how they combine and, and, and then gematrios, all that, all that sort of stuff. And um, I mean, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole discussion in and of itself. How, how, does, how does this produce valid information? And how do you distinguish between, between fantasy and reality? You know, so when, when, when gematrios are producing valid information, it's one thing. When gematrios are producing, uh, um, I don't know, you know, uh, how do you know that you're supposed to eat pizza for Malava Malka? Because, like, you know, pizza is, is, is five and a half times uh, Yudke Vavke or something, which is, which is Narshkite, okay? But Okay, so that's 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 part of the problem. When is it real and when is it Marishkeit? But when it's real, you know that it's you know that it's real. Alkalponim, you so combinations can happen between letters. Combinations also happen conceptually. If you're sitting and you're learning Tyra, the, the content of the world is in your mind. And if you let yourself go, Tyra manipulates the content of your reality so like you know so if you if you're thinking about shabbos you're saying what is what is what is shabbos okay so aside from thinking that what is a shin what is a base and what is a tough and, if, and is it is it is it uh is it shev uh is it shev tough or is it uh tough shev or is it shin bas and all even all these things are 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 worked out in various different places but but you think conceptually shabbos is manucha it's rest and it's rest and it's food ah so what does food have to do with rest hmm? okay that's a juxtaposition that's a combination and if you're thinking in this way you are allowing these combinations that come to you from your experience of life to combine and permutate and this these become the chidush etaira so it's it's literally very true that hakadosh baruch Hu continues to speak to us through Chidush Torah in the same way that he's always been speaking since the beginning of time, right? And, and, even, and even if we're not Nevi'im, we're B'nai Nevi'im. And sometimes the best way to learn is to allow the free association to happen. You're stumped with the sugi, you don't, know what, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to think, and you allow the associations to happen. So for most of us, the associations are going to happen on the conceptual level, which, which, is, which is things, objects, ideas, experiences. If you're, if you're, the closer you are to the oil of Matzilus, okay, the more the, the, more the, the, more the revelations or the Chidush or Taira are going to happen through letter combinations and things like that. I, right? think, I, I, and, know, Rabbi, I know Rabbi Paul okay. uh, has, has to uh, go on to another uh, Zoom yeah. meeting at this point. Um, and uh, thanks. But for I hope I, I hope I managed to, you know, you not overdo it for more uh, study. But thank you. Well, thank you. All right. Okay. All right. So thanks. Yeah. We'll be big cashier rabbis. Okay. All right. Um, well, now now that we're sort of like uh, spinning our heels here, let me just. Karen Paul has left, but I think we've opened up an, an interesting, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a can of worms, but it's definitely, I think it could be wormy because, uh, you know, we do know of the, um, I forgot what their name is, but I know they were in, um, they were up in Canada for a while. Um, they were a group of Mukubolim. Lev Tahar. Lev Tahar, right. And there were stories about how their leader used um, various texts to direct people's lives. Um, 
and uh, it might have even been the kids are Shulchan Aruch somehow. Rabbi Gansfried, I don't think was too happy, but that was like their that was like their 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 prime safer. Everybody would would, would study the Kitzer with with super kavanas and 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 would somehow get messages out of Rabbi Gansfried's beautiful you know compilation that that was so popular and was really meant to serve an obvious purpose. And here they were, Avalafi and Stav, the same way Rabbi Avram Avalafi you know sees in the Maranavuchim all the Ramazim to his mystical world, um, the left Torah people were doing it with the Kitzer. And I think when you, you what that does, uh, Nelson, is that it gives license to some charismatic fellow to say, it's not me. In other words, I am actually honing in to some higher wisdom that's beyond Seichel. Well, it doesn't make any sense, Rebbe. It doesn't need to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. Sense is in a lower level of, of, of understanding. It's the level of Oyo thinking how one thing leads to another. We're actually able, based on this Uber text, to jump in and actually use the Tzirufim and Osios to allow you to function even on a higher, different level, a level like Sabbatean-like, where mitzvahs and averis don't mean the same thing. And, and we know that that type of abuse did occur. Uh, you can imagine a, a guru opening up to the Parsha of Arias, and then you would say, oh, you see, this is the proof that we've, or we've gone beyond this, right? Or whatever it is. Or the famous Zohar, lo tinof, meaning lo, Right, Tinoff, right, right, right. Yes. Put the put the psik there. Sometimes neof is is, is 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 proper, and of course Chazal actually the Zohar shows you. Oh, Yibum is an example of where it seems to be the taiva of neof is there, but it's actually a mitzvah. That's that's what the Zohar talks about in terms of the uh, of the psik that's there in the low Tinoff, right? right? You can see uh, a Kabbalist saying, hmm. Sometimes we've moved beyond this world where Neof is so terrible. Now we are actually in this higher world where Neof is what we should do. So I, I, I think this is a very dangerous thing, isn't it? Yes, it's a very dangerous thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. Sure, you know. Right. I mean, okay. So, 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 so maybe we should. So, in order, you sharm, you sharm, darchi Hashem, you know, tzadikim yelchubam, rishram, rishram, and and that that goes that goes for anything. Um, by the way, we have, you know, this 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 idea that 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 um, you know, I I saw some gematria somewhere, you know, I saw some tzirufim, I got some, I got some, I saw some yehudim, you know, and I got this, I got this idea about how to manifest those yehudim in in, in oilam hazeh. Okay, I mean, look, if you you know you, you do things in yichud, we can make a yichud from you know ein lema. This is this isn't safer yitzira. You know ein lemata minega ein lemala mioinek, right? So, okay, so I can I can grasp that as a as a, as a yichud that everything is one and you know positive and negative and light and dark. It's all you know it's all just a matter of which tzirah you you engage in. But then, like, what do you do with that when you bring it down into life? How do you how do you carry that out? I mean, you know, you can you can use it as a justification for picking somebody up and locking them in a box and torturing them so they can have lots of oinig, uh, which is really nega, which is ah. okay. So, and you have you have lots and lots of abusers, including including some infamous infamous ones that have done terrible things. 
um, because they've been able to convince other people to be mavatil their right, das so, so, to, to, right, so, to do some kind right, of so, thing. You know? So what I would say is that what, what we need to exercise is the same type of caution that we see in the in the Amek HaMelech and others, that we don't uh, reveal this to people unless they've gone through the hoops. They have to, in order to be from the initiate, right, you know, uh, Grasshopper doesn't get in there unless he's able to grab the, <laughs> whatever is to get the light. To the, that's right. And even, and even Grasshopper, you know, murdered the, the nephew of the emperor and got himself into really, really big trouble. Well, but then he was able uh, to go to the Old West and, and, and he was uh, able to, he was able to have a lot of yeah. adventures there. And, and which is really that's part again the Shaolin priests who were part of the um, you know you know that are, we have a, a fascination with people who are mystics like the Shaolin priests but then when they got into a bar fight were able to, you know to beat up Black Bart and put everybody into the I have to tell you something I I met I met a few I met a few Shaolin priests when I was in China they are the most unmystical people that you could ever imagine you don't okay, think because one of yeah. One of the one of the transformations that Buddhism went underwent when it came to China is that it dropped the a lot of the a lot of the intellectual baggage and it became translated into a science of movement. All right, and and so that's all they do. They they learn to move their bodies in extreme in extremely intricate ways. They learn how to get smashed over the head with with uh, with planks and and you know how to break bricks with their teeth and and how to get stabbed in the stomach and not let it get penetrated so okay but what does this have to do with buddhism what does this have to do with enlightenment well you know if you go through all the motions then then after 120 you you achieve enlightenment it's like okay but so we, but, we, but, but I, I guess so, my, um, point, my point was was that whether completely a, beside whether, the point of whether where, it's a trope or not we have this idea that you don't just become an initiate and we've talked about this in many of our uh previous discussions and i think yes. the same thing would be true here is that you want to use the gyro hang on you want to get, get some this is something which we don't do it's almost like oh like you say like you, you started our discussion today it's something that it's at the end of the line it's not the type of thing that should be brought out uh, in a consistent manner, it's because if it's brought in a consistent manner, what happens is is that you have um, a, a, an immature sense of the mystical world, and you're constantly groping out of there, and, and not really living in the present, in the moment whatsoever, right? Oh. So, so yeah. I, 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 and I think that because of the sensational aspect of it, uh, oh, I'm going to go and do this girl. Uh, like we, Paul's not here anymore, but go and do the Rebbe's girl. I think the idea, it cheapens the idea and it really uh, lends itself not only to Sabbatean abuse, but also a way to downgrade for the eyes of people who are seeing it, the significance of living a life of Chesidus and Tveikas and Avodas Hashem. If you're going to make this decision based on some you know, obscure letter, you're going to make this life decision based on that? You know, uh, that's the type of thing that opens us up to being uh, in ridicule. Now, you're right. If it's, if it's, and, if it's, but and by the way, it's even it's even worse. If you forgive my interruption, it, it's it's even worse when you are allowing your decisions to be made by 
somebody else who you attribute all of this power to, right? And um, that's that really is a very very dangerous thing. Still there? Yes, just closing a window. Oh, okay. <laughs> Snow is coming in. Yeah. No, that's a you know that's a that's a very dangerous thing because you know in in the end if you understand how the girl girl works correctly, okay. It, you know, it has to come into your mind, and it has to be part of you, and it has to be something which is which is mystiashev with you, and which which makes you better equipped to deal with the uncertainty of the future, not not more not more stupid. Okay, and you, the the possibility for abuse is endless, and there are a num- numerous famous stories. But you got you know, I'll just I'll just say without mentioning names or places, you know, you got this you got this big Makobel, this big Rav, okay, and he's and he's uh, somewhere over here in Eretz Yisrael, he's probably, I guess he's been arrested already, charged with rape for having, you know, for, for, uh, for uh, basically manipulating all of the Koylul wives in his, in his Koylul to have sex with him. Okay. And um, I mean, there was, there was tremendous shyness. Oh, were, were these, were these women, let's say permissible to their husbands? Uh, but anyway, they, that was, that was Paskin that they were. Because uh, they were because they were misled, but but and and this guy had a sterling reputation. I mean, he's a big Talmud Chacham. He's you know known to be a big Makubal. He was widely admired by by Gedolim, or at least by one Gadol. Okay, so right, right. Sometimes sometimes the Malik Kreischa B'Shasu game isn't even a guarantee. You know, because you can because you can always go wrong, and unfortunately the. The, the thing that needs to be said, to my mind, which is which is contrary to a lot of stuff that goes on with Amunas Chachamim and stuff like that, but I, I don't think that I don't think that there's any way of avoiding the possibility for abuse unless people accept the fact that look, if it stinks, okay, it's not a rose, All right? And 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 you simply have to have enough honesty with yourself. Now, truth 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 be told, if you're really thinking about you know, from the point of view of Kabbalah itself, look, when Elam Asilus comes down into Elam Abri and Elam Abri into Elam, you know, into Yitzir and down to Asiya, okay, you don't, you're not, you're not, stupid things do not come out of there. Okay, like, I don't know, don't take a vaccine is not a message that comes down from Asilus through Bria, through Yitzir, through Asiya, because for one thing, Bria is the world of intellect, and Yitzir is the world of feeling, and 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 Asi is the world of Maisis. So anything that comes down in that way has to be, by definition, it has to be, rig- you know, it has to be intellectually rigorous, it has to be emotionally balanced, and it has to be physically practical. Okay, and if you if you if you have atzilostik stuff that's coming down and it's not being mislabish into those kalim, then you're then it's recreating the shvira. So run away. Unfortunately, sometimes when you are um, in that, I guess, supplicant type of mode, you are open to accept what would otherwise be considered um, an aberrant type of advice. And many people feel, okay, I'm desperate. Is this what I'm really supposed to do? Yeah. Um, And I think that's where your sense of judgment is impacted because most people who turn to these type of gurlim or other types of things are really in a crisis mode. And when some sort, I, I know I felt similarly when I went through some life and death experiences 
my, I, my wife noted it about me that despite my sort of critical eye that I usually have towards people, the doctors were like, God, like whatever you're going to say. Okay. No, no, no. We got to do it exactly the way he said it, because I felt that I was, I, I had been weakened. I felt my mortality. I felt that, and this doctor, although he was just some guy in a white coat with a, with a, you know, with a Southern drawl was somehow my savior. And I think that you are open to hear suggestions at that point. And you don't necessarily have the ability uh, emotionally to really gird your mind to say, no, this doesn't sound right. I don't think I should be doing this. And I think, therefore, it, it, it's sort of a, it lends itself to that type of abuse. You know, let's wrap up today. Let's switch gears yeah. for a little bit. Um, you know, one of uh, a safer that you, I've mentioned this on some of our previous discussions, uh, you introduced me uh, to the Kamarna Rebbe, especially the, uh, you know, in your sneaky, sneaky, sneaky way. Oh, I like this because of the Moscow David. <laughs> I like this beer because of its, it has a great beer on Rashi. Yeah, I know there's a lot of other stuff here on the page, but this is real great beer in Rashi. This is Nelson Gluck cir- uh, circa 1977 or 78 showing me this fumish that you yeah. liked using well, because, because of... <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. listen, there was that that happened that happened to be true, by the way. Because look, I I knew that I had no hasoga. I really I really went in there because I was looking for this Maskala David on Rashi. I was I was buying up Hirushima on Rashi, okay, and then I wasn't I wasn't particularly getting a lot of gishmak out of out of uh, Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi and the rest of them. I thought there was something missing, so I heard about this Italian Perushima. So Italians are cool because they they ate linguini, you know, and 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 they're they're real intellectual, you know. So I said, okay. Rabbi David Pardo, I believe the name is, and, yes. and I and so yeah, so I went I went looking for that, but the only place that you could get it is in the Kamar Nachumish. So I ended up buying the Kamar Nachumish. I mean, also I was interested in Hasidic stuff, but I opened up Kamar Nachumish and I realized right away that I didn't understand anything. I understood nothing. So, you know, I'm not going to push myself to try and understand something that I simply don't have the kalim for. So I left it there. Every once in a while, I would out of curiosity, mostly I would I would take a look and see if I could fathom a line or two you know and um so right, yeah so, but anyway that's how does that so that's how i introduced you the, the kamar right but so anyway, anyway so it, so but it is a chumish that i have uh, uh gone to often and it has actually provided for me uh and again it's really one of the great gems i know that you you had once a uh, uh you were once part of a institution called Oraecha, which of course is built on kamar natira and the hechal abrocha which is the name of the chumish in the back of Sefer Shmos, I believe you have the Kesem Ophir, which is right. which is a Kabbalistic interpretation of Megillah Esther. So I have I actually not I have that as a separate volume because it was issued, reissued with notes, and that's one of my uh, go to svarim when I want to see the Megillah for beyond. Uh, why don't you give us a, a sense as we wrap up here uh, of ways that this story, which is so beautiful and full of interesting insights and intrigue and, and back and forth, good shatanas. Since this is a Kabbalah show, do you have any other, um, besides the Kesem Ophir, which is from the Kamarna Reb on Megillah Sester, do you have any other Biurim on Megillah Sester that you can suggest that you think might be uh, a, a, a good option this year for those mystically inclined people? 
Um, I'm afraid. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so basically, you agree that Kesson Ophir is, is a great place, but I'm just asking you, you read this Megillah, and I'm going to be reading the Megillah privately to my family. Um, and we talked about originally, you know, from Rabbi Yoshev's case, is this isn't just a story. And there's something here that, that, that is essential to what it means to be an Evid Hashem and be connected. Uh, there's got to be some way. I mean, when you look at the Megillah, are Kabbalistic associations coming to you? Besides Hamelech, meaning God, and Esther, meaning the Shechina, is there anything else that's sort of like in your mind, Haman being the Sitrachra, or I, aren't you seeing it in terms of a of a powerful Moshe that you can take into yourself? I mean, we know that the, the Ramah, sort of like a, who, who, who was, I guess, an amateur in some ways in mystical thought, wrote his Bir Mechir Yayin, which is an allegorical interpretation. When you read the Megillah, Rav Nelson Glick, are, are there allegorical illusions that are coming to you while you're reading the story? Well, when I when I am Mekayim mitzvahs in general, you should know, I am actually very intent on fulfilling the mitzvah kipshut. I am I'm very much a Breslver chassid on on that on that count. If I'm going to start, you know, having mystical thoughts and everything, I'm not going to hear every word properly, right? So I I focus I focus on that kind of stuff. Very very you know after after years of this, I've come to the conclusion that that at least as far as my show is concerned. I need to be Mekayim Mitzvah's Kipshutai, and I can imbue them with other significance either before I do them or after I do them, but while I'm doing them, it's the mitzvah, it's the mitzvah itself. This is where the, you know, this is where the rubber hits the road for me. So, um, but I can, I can say perhaps one or two things about, about what Megillah means in, in general, and then it's a challenge because it's always a challenge for me to be succinct. Um, you know that there's two kinds of moichin that come down to Zeranpi. Right? One is moichin from Ima, the other is moichin from Abba. And they, they both they both provide different things. Right? In my understanding, okay, what you get from moichin to Ima is the ability to have free choice. Is to go out into the world and to choose to see this as, a, as an object that's separate from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, in which case it's at least negative in some sense, maybe mutter, but not what it could be, or whether this object you're going to be use it, and it's going to be misbatel to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And this choice between being and bitul is is something that you get from Moichin to Ima, particularly the chasadim and the gevurais of Ima, which is which is five chasadim and five gevurais, which together add up to one das, right? Um, Moichin the Abba is is a different thing. Moichin the Abba is really Hakadosh Baruch Hu acting, and and acting not necessarily through you or with you. It, your your conscious mind doesn't have that much to do with 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 Moichin the Abba as, as it as it acts. And there's a an interesting drush about Moichin the Abba. The difference in Moichin the Abba and Moichin the Ima is that Moichin the Ima. When they come in, they end in your chest and your heart. So everything that is revealed out of your heart is from the Meichin of Ima. The Meichin and Abba go all the way down through to through to your Midas side. And they're and they're they're hidden inside some secret channel. When the iris of Abba come 
bursting out of Zeranpin and they penetrate down through Bria Yitzir and Asiya, the air is exposed, okay, but it's still it's it's hidden because it's very, very much not um does not share the same nature as the rest of the universe that, that surrounds it. So the idea of Moichin the Abba here is is that is that all of the stuff that you see around you, you don't have to make a choice about it, whether it's holy or profane. It has a holiness simply because of what it already is. Right. So Malachim Abba is very is very important when you're when you're shiflu samadrego. You know when you when you've lost your Malachim, you've lost your sense of of, of transcendence, and you're and you're stuck down here with the with the with the substance of with the substance of life, and maybe the things that you've done well, and maybe the things that you have you know done have done less well, and. Nevertheless, all of these objects and events and experiences and stories and things that have happened to you are really part of the primordial chachma, which is itself a tikkun already matukan of everything that could that went wrong in the in the in the shvira. Okay. So interestingly enough, by the way, when you're when you're doing birchas shachar, just to go back to birchas shachar. Right when you say Asher Yotzar, that's that's Abba, okay. That's that's the that's the extension of Chokhmah through the through the Oilamas. When you say Elikai Neshama, that's the extension of Ima that comes down through the through the Oilamas. So really, Abba, you know, the Meichen of Abba or the or the extension of the Iris of of uh, of Das of Abba is going to be. Is going to touch upon the simple physical substance of what you are. This is my body. This is how it works. Okay. This is these are the facts. These are the things. Okay. And as they are, they are connected to the highest of the high. As to use a Rabbi Shlomo um, Shlomo Karlbach uh, phraseology, right? So it doesn't matter whether somebody has lifted you up already. It doesn't matter whether you know whether you're here or there. Whether somebody's made a choice. You as as you are, you are transcendent, without actually having to be transcendent. Right now, most of all of our normative behaviors are going to be based upon about meichin deima. Because if you don't have meichin deima, then you're just going to stay. You know, you're just you're just going to stay a thing. You know, you're not going to do anything. Right, and and that that of course is not the, that is not the tachlis either. But if you only have Meichin Ima, then you then if it goes wrong, if it fails, if you fall, then you don't know how to pick yourself up. Because I had the chance to make a choice and I didn't make it. Right. So Meichin de Abba is extremely important for realizing that there's always the which is why, once again, Purim is you know, Purim is like Yom Kippur, or Yom Kippur is like Yom Kippur is like Purim. In fact, Yom Kippur is like Purim because because in Yom Kippur you know, it's like um, Yom Kippur. Yom, Yom Kippur is the is the culmination of a whole process that involves a lot of tshuva and a lot of lifting things up and a lot of an and a lot of trying to pick up the pieces and trying to do tshuva and trying to fix things. So you're utilizing a lot of meichin the ima, and then at the end, you know, you get to you get to Yom Kippur and you realize, ah, it's all finally good. It's all finally good because you get a little bit 
middle of that glimmer that says I was already it was always good in some in some crazy way. Right. can you Purim is is when Amisro fell and they fell to to a to a to a low place and they discovered even in the place that they fell that they were still they still had a connection to the uh to their to their Shirish simply because of who they were. You know. Um Shimchon Nikri, you know, there's a there's a shame Yisrael which is which is sufficient to 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 hold you together right and um so so that is that's the basically the gist of the kavan of megillah megillah is the extension of the lights of meichin daaba through through brigitte rasia and and i think probably one of the things that uh just going back to you know the idea of the girl that uh, rabbi paul started us out with is that there is where you see that the the girl of, of of Haman actually turns out to be the best possible result, right? Which is, of course, um, the day that's somehow transcendent, even beyond its historical significance. In fact, historical significance is really a byproduct of the significance, the ultimate significance that this day has. So Haman really taps with you know the the the, the historical Haman tapped into this like the the shirish of amalek the klipa sort of like the, the worst possible uh, manifestation of rishus destruction um debauchery and everything else somehow is the 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 means towards the hisgalus of abba as you right. and and that's with and with with a major with a major caveat is that this can work one day a year, okay? It cannot sustain um, a spiritual life, not of an individual, not of a person, right? Because things that, you know, things that you get in an instant, you lose an instant later. So there's, so it's it's not stable, which is why, you know, they, I don't know, some, some people used to sing on Purim, they used to sing this, uh, um, you know, I can't Okay. Well, you know the the answer the answer is because if you had Purim Pamayim B'Shavua, then there would there would be no his alus, there would be no narrative of kedusha, there would be no process, okay, and therefore there would be no end. And if you have a process, even if it fails, it's not the end of the world. But you have to have a process, otherwise otherwise there's nothing. Yeah, so, otherwise you're really back in back in Shafir. And remember, from the point of view of Shafir, Sakal and Kalim are perfect just the way they are. But it doesn't it doesn't do them any good. All right. Well, doesn't well, do anybody else any good. Well, so, on that so on that note, let's say that um, uh, let's hope everybody, despite um the difficulty of this world that we are constantly reminded of, and um on an Arab Shabbos, Shabbos on the other side, we won't have to have porn Pamayan Bishwa, but we're actually gonna be looking um, and seeing well, that what's here is funny. We'll be able to see that light and that that light of Bula. Hopefully, it's going to be there this year. Take care, Rav Nelson. See everybody on the other side. Oh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.